Chase Mike Hall. All right, we're we're still waiting on Z. Um, but oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Uh, I don't know if me and Z are gonna do a whole Bruisers episode, so I might get him to to stay on at the end, so we don't have to record two shows tonight. But I don't talk. I know this isn't a soccer podcast, but I just wanna. There's probably three people that'll know what I'm talking about when I say this. I'm just, as a PSG fan, I'm upset about Neymar leaving. Um, he's my favorite player, left my favorite club. I've been wanting him to leave the club, but I've been wanting him to go to a, a power in Europe so he can get a chance to win the Ballon d'Or for Z and Bubba. The Ballon d'Or is basically the Heisman for the world of football. Um, and yeah, so that sucks. And now he can't win the Champions League because he's in freaking Saudi Arabia. And yeah, I hate, well, I don't hate, hate's a strong word. I dislike Kylian Mbappe because he's acting like a diva. He got Neymar pushed out and he's leaving anyways. So Real Madrid, you can have him. And, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, PSG is going to be good in three years. Just watch. But I'm ready for the Mbappe chapter to be over because he's just acting like an absolute diva. He has way too much say in everything that we do as a front office, and I'm tired of it. So that's – that's. I just had to get that off my chest because um, I, I, I've been talking about it a lot today with people and just – I was watching Neymar clips last night before I went to bed just holding my, holding my pillow and – about shed a tear, man. Just, that guy plays beautifully. With that being said, I'll let Kohe lead us into SEC. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, man. Z, Z, you need something off your chest? No. All right. Good for now. In chest? <laughs> hey, anything we He's got, for sports, now. whatever we need, it's fine. So it says, this is actually a podcast slash therapy. For these three guys. That's right. It's a therapy. These are drug. Um, could be other drugs used during. Who knows what goes on. But, hey, that's fine. I mean, I'm clean over here. I'm just saying y'all, too, that's on y'all. Okay. It's on y'all. What y'all do behind that screen is on you. G said lead us in the SEC. I say uh, biased. Let's save the best for last. We're going to hit ACC first. SEC will follow. Uh, Big dogs get to go last, you know. Save it for it. Uh, Also, I think ACC is going to be a little bit of a thinner talk. Uh, Fewer teams. Obviously, me and Joe are going to have to hit our teams, not necessarily say where we finish. But ACC, I got three written down. All right, and I think I'm going to have the same three as – Z, uh, if he has four, we can go into the fourth one. But what do we last week we started from the bottom, right? Yeah, we yeah, we didn't lead yeah. off the first. All right, third place. Z, are, are we are we touching base on your dark horse? Um, no, I still um, I still think North Carolina is a dark dark horse. Have um, a tough schedule and a tough week one game against South Carolina. Um, but look, they got the quarterback to do it, so. Um, they got a great football coach, so, you know, anything's possible, but, um, they have been kind of like middle of the pack 
as years late. And, you know, they had I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, who was the number two overall pick, which he didn't turn out to be much, but you still had him. And now you have Drake May, who's, you know, second best quarterback in college football. So you've had the quarterbacks to do it. It's just putting the pieces around them uh, to get it done. So you never know. But it is a stronger ACC conference than I think it has been um, top to bottom last couple of years. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's more, in my opinion, it's that third uh, nine spot that are tougher, right? I still think we all know here it's going to be Clemson, Florida State, one, two, however you flip it. Uh, I think them two do have a little separation in three spot. I do get UNC in three spot as well. Just kind of to touch base on last year, you know, nine and one start came out. I mean, they were really making noise. Obviously, nine and one, you make it pretty deep. And then to finish nine and five after the bowl game is just tough, tough. They lose to Georgia Tech. They lose to NC State. They lose to Clemson, lose to Oregon. Uh, but like Z said, as far as positives for this year, Drake May, second or third team All-American, depending on what website you look at. Um, I would say the experience, which is something I always talk about, it seems like. Defense allowed 31 a game, got eight starters back. That, that's a little bit of the, one of those – Experience is coming back, but it's not great experience, right? They, they That was always what the problem was, uh, was the defense last year. But got some transfers. Uh, I think kind of like Z said, I think they can make a run and I don't know. I mean, they can knock on the door. Who knows if Florida State loses to someone different but beats Clemson, you know, and kind of lowers the first-place team. Like, it's not just a Clemson that ran the table. Who knows if UNC can stay within striking distance. It'll be fun. Uh, I just think the story here is Drake May, honestly. Uh, got sacked 40 times last year. I saw that, so they're going to have to tighten that up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, Drake May, hell of a quarterback. He's called it from the get-go, a little dark course action. Uh, Jeefy, if you got anything on UNC, drill him. No, yeah, I think I think you put it best when you said um, Clemson and Florida State are kind of ahead of the pack in this conference. But I think most people would probably have – North Carolina is that third, so I have no problem with it. I mean, you guys kind of hit everything, but those, I think those are top three in the ACC for sure. I don't Z, do you got another? Uh, you got another three or four that you want to talk? No, North Carolina is my three. Um, I think Miami's an interesting team though in the ACC. They have a lot of talent. They, um, Cristobal's done well recruiting, even though this I think will just be a second year. Um, but he's a Miami guy. He's a hell of a recruiter. He recruited great at Oregon. So um, he's got recruits coming in in the transfer portal. You can, you know, flip the script in a year. So um, I think Miami's an interesting team to look out for. Um, but I think – I don't think they're – right now, based off preseason, I don't think they're the team that, you know, kind of jumps, in my mind, ahead of North Carolina. Yeah, I don't I don't have either one jumping in front of them. The only other two I jotted down was obviously Miami – Tyler Van Dyke, you just never know if you're going to get the heads or tails. Yep. Tyler Van Dyke, I feel like. Uh, I mean, a talented player, just just kind of a wild card on Saturdays. And then I got Louisville as a little sleeper. I think they're a talented team and kind of changed out some coaching, changed out some pieces in the portal and stuff like that. So I think they're a sleeper as far as middle of the pack. Uh, I don't think either one are really making noise for that first place hunt. With that being said, let's talk uh, – let's just talk Clemson. I know you got them one. I've got them two. I'm getting a little bold here. Georgia Tech's my um, one. 11 and three, ACC champion. Out of baby Z. Hell yeah. Hard hard not to. I mean, what would college football be without Clemson being top 10 at least? I mean, it's 
we've put them in the same boat as Bama this year, right? Got written off a little bit, even though they double digit win last year. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird to have them not written off, but a bounce back year when, you know, I think if they don't make this playoff, it'd be what three years in a row. Uh, and that just, that's just weird. You know, the way it started, they were in it every single year. It seemed like the Clemson Bama Natty repeats and that whole trilogy. It was, I mean, it's just awkward without them being good. They're going to have a good, tough physical defense per usual. I think it's going to come down to new OC Garrett Riley, who in my mind has dealt. I mean, some people would say pocket aces with Will Shipley and Kate Klubnick. I mean, they're two, they're right there, right? There's your guns blazing. They're on your hips. It's a matter. Can they put it together and do it? Uh, Z take it away from Clemson. Yeah. Well, Clemson's my number one. Um, I'm high on Clemson. Um, I think there's a bigger gap between Clemson and Florida State than uh, you think and most people think. Um, just based off Clay Club, Clubnick, Shipley, um, just the coaching staff they have around them, the recent program history, um, the kind of recruiting they're in, the kind of just um, system they have built around those guys, whether that's on the football field, off the field, just as a program as of recent. Clemson's still that team, I think. And um, look – they lost Trevor Lawrence and they thought they had DJU coming in and he was going to, you know, be this great quarterback that uh, he was built up to be, especially just based off arm talent and size just alone. And it just didn't work out. So you got a five-star kid who was, you know, I think he was the number one or number two recruited quarterback when he came out of high school, um, showed flashes last year when he got in the games. He made some couple mistakes as a true freshman, but I think with a whole off season to train, then you get into training camp, um, really have a full-blown understanding of the offense, especially running with the ones consistently. Um, I think I think they're bound for success. They're going to have a couple uh, tests early in the year, so we'll see what happens. But I think Clemson wins ACC, and they're back in the playoff. Yeah, and they do. Looking at it, I mean, they you got to love you get Florida State and UNC at home, who we just said are you know my one, your two, and three. Um, so the, the schedule's favorable, I think. Go to Duke, you know, not too crazy at Miami. Don't love that. And then obviously at South Carolina, which doesn't mean anything to the ACC. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Just uh, it's going to be weird, man. Like without them in the playoff, I feel like the last two, like that's my team that's, I almost feel weirder without them in the playoff than I do Bama. As dumb as that is to say with Bama winning it so much, I feel like Clemson was just always kind of that guaranteed ticket, right? Five years ago when the ACC was a lot more down, it was like, okay. There, there's our one season pass that always gets it. They're they're going to run the table in the ACC. They're going to get get in the playoffs. So I, I like that the conferences. You know, we talked Pac-12 being deeper. I like that the East Coast too is a little deep. Uh, at least having three threats, right? Even if it doesn't turn out these exactly the prediction we say to preseason, really have three teams that you feel like can make a push at it. It's a lot more fun than, like I said, saying Clemson. Okay, twelve and zero. But can they really beat Bama? Can they beat these guys to make it to the national championship? So, good competition. Got to love it. Uh, Jeffy, if you want anything with Clemson and uh, old Dabo. Yeah, I think Clemson will probably be my number one. I think I've been pretty vocal on Florida State. I just don't think that this is the year that they do it. Um, and you just said it. They got Dabo Sweeney. I think that they've got a better quarterback now. I think – Z kind of hit the nail on the head with DJ. I think he came in with a lot of hype, but you got to have a lot of hype if you're coming in after somebody like Trevor Lawrence, who won a national championship and a Heisman. Um, 
So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I think Clemson, this is the year that they step back into that contention. And if they don't, I think it's a failure of a season for them because I think the only real, real competition they have this year is Florida State. Yeah, and I think – I do want to mention, which obviously Florida State's at my one, uh, a little opposite of these two. But, I mean, I think for sure we're seeing it twice. Now the ACC is done with divisional. Uh, I think we see it week four, and then they match back up again for the ACC championship. So, regardless who takes week four, um, I just love – I love that Florida State gets that week one versus LSU and very hostile, want to win it, especially after last game. You know, it seemed kind of flukish the way Florida State won, even though LSU had to push at the end to even make an almost comeback. But I love Florida State getting that big-time game week one. Go to Clemson week four, obviously on the road. You don't love that. But Jordan Travis and I preached about Keon Coleman, the Michigan State wide receiver. I think he's going to be big time for Florida State. Uh, and then the defense gave up 20 a game last year. So pretty respectable. This year, it's really, man, just that LSU game. And as I talked about Clemson and South Carolina game, really doesn't pertain to the ACC as far as, you know, ranking wise, who's going to finish higher. But at Clemson, that's your biggest test. You get Miami at home, you go to Wake, you go to Pitt. Uh, if you're Florida State, you don't have to face Drake May, which not really sure why you'd like to. So there's your another Clemson lead, you know, facing UNC. Either way, regardless, I think we see it twice this year. I think we see it week four, and I think we see it conference championship week. So I'm excited about the ACC. I just – I don't know. I think the Pac-12 is – I've put so much attention on it. I'm – you still giving the nod out, West Z, or you like the competition on the East Coast? They both got it, but I'm saying as far as that three to eight spot, um, I mean, I'm an ACC guy just because um, I'm a Georgia Tech fan, so I've always just watched ACC, always liked ACC. Um, but I will say, I think just top to bottom, I think the Pac-12 is a little stronger, just with because I think the ACC right now, just looking preseason, the teams that are going to be um, competitive and have just a strong roster, are just you know, obviously Clemson, Florida State, um, North Carolina. And then you just – you got the mixed in, like, Miami's going to have talent. Louisville's going to have some talent. Um, who knows what um, NC State's going to be? Who knows what Georgia Tech's going to be? Who knows what Duke's going to be? Who knows what Virginia and Virginia Tech? So there's so many more question marks, I think, in the ACC rather than out west in the Pac-12. I mean, you got the UC, USC, UCLA, Utah, Oregon, Oregon. I think there's more um, stronger teams out there and more competitive teams top to bottom in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, I like and I like how you put that. I think all you're looking for established, right? Out west, it's very established, and we know an ACC random. Whether I hope it's Z's dark horse UNC, who may not be the darkest because they are, you know, they're nine and one last year. But we know even if it's not them, like you said, Miami had a lot of hype this year, kind of getting swept under the rug after they kind of choked last year. Who knows they pop up and they're the two seed and in the or make a push at first place, like. Definitely think there's always a team in the ACC that kind of shocks everybody. So, I agree with that. It's a little more established out west. I think I'm in the same boat. But I feel like we cut the ACC a little short. Uh, sorry about it if you're an ACC fan. But the big dogs are coming. I think everybody's got uh, some knowledge. Not a lot of pen and paper involved with this conference. Call us homers if you want. Uh, we all live in the south. As Z said, 
ACC guy, Georgia Tech guy, me, Mississippi State Bulldog, Joe G, and Old Miss. You know, depends on the year, what they're calling themselves. But I think we've all got the knowledge, right? We're ready. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I'm an ACC guy. I'm a Georgia Tech fan, but I love the SEC, brother. All right. I think we got it. This this is going to be the only conference we lead off with the home run hitter. All right. I want to I want to talk about them. We've, we've elaborated on them. You know, big games this year we broke down, a, I don't know, a month ago. They were in that boat uh, a couple big games this year. But for the most part, cupcake schedule is being talked about a lot. Georgia Bulldogs, 29-1 and one last two years, back-to-back natties, looking for the three-peat. Kirby Smart has locked and reloaded, right? He's got that kind of saving a few years ago mentality or, you know, makeup to him. You know, they, they're sending guys out the door to the league and they come back in and there's no – there's no difference, right? They're changing names, but the numbers are the same. It seems like they're all built the same, fast, strong guys. Uh, this year, I think the main main hype is obviously Brock Bowers. Incredible football player. And this is – we're going to start off with a little hot take. Incredible football player. The hype around him as a, as a tight end is – I get it. It's great. But at the same time, you got to get a tight end to football, right? And I just – I don't know. I, he's going to be great. There's no doubt about it. But when that's your key piece, it's almost, you know, the Kyle Pitts, right? Florida was good that year, and he's a freak. I don't know. I just – I think Kirby's not scared of it. He's not shying away like Carson Beck. He's got his guy and stuff. But I, in the back of his mind, it's somewhere he's got to realize, man, this year we got to do a little more reloading than usual. Like, they they had guys coming in that defense steadily. And the defense is going to be physical. It's going to be top ten, no doubt. Uh, but I just, it's fun this year to think that Georgia's not this unreachable God, right? Like, I really do think they're, they're strikeable, even, even if it does take to the SEC championship. I think last year, in most people's mind, and it's some of the people that are NFL over college, I think this is their argument. Like, week two, week three, you're like, damn, Georgia's doing it again. Like, it was just, it was a lock almost. So, talk Georgia for me, talk caution. Ugh. Talk Carson Beck, uh, Brock Bowers, Kirby Smart. Give it all to me, Z. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not a Georgia fan, um, but no bias here. They're going to be good. Um, they're not my team. Um, I think if they slip up looking at it, it's probably the SEC championship game. But you never know. Who knows what Auburn's going to be? Um, if Auburn runs out there and they're a talented football team and Hugh Freeze got them boys, you know, back to it, Georgia's got to go to Auburn um, early in the year. I think it's like game five. Yeah, week five. yeah they got to go to Auburn week five, and then they get past that, which I'm sure they will just based off um, just of all the changes and reloading Auburn's going to have to do this year. I mean, I think their next toughest test is just at Tennessee in November. So um, other than that, it's I think they could slip up in one of those two games. Outside of that, they're just going to have more talent on the football field and can – you know, pull out close games if need be. Um, Carson Beck apparently, you know, is supposed to be the guy. It hasn't been um, named yet. Um, Brock Vandergriff's another stupid, talented kid who they have over there. Who And the thing with Carson Beck is he's a pocket passer. He's not very mobile. He doesn't run at all. So who knows? Um, if you look at it last year or the year before, uh, JT Daniels was supposed to be the guy at Georgia. He kept getting hurt, but every time he came back, he'd go back out there. But they Kirby kept going to Stetson. 
because I think he trusted Stetson, and Stetson had, you know, some escapability, and he could run the football. It's not like they ever called design runs for him, but if he needed to get out of the pocket, he could, and that's something Brock Vandergriff can do that Carson Beck can't. So um, they're both getting first-team reps every day at practice. So um, there hadn't been a starter announced, so we'll see. Brock Bowers is the real deal. He's a top-five player in college football, and he's going to be a first-round pick. Um, look, the difference between him and Kyle Pitts is it's a different offensive scheme, I think. Um, Georgia's – they're fine with running the football up the middle, running outside and throwing, you know, quick outs or uh, posts or slants to uh, Bowers and just getting the ball in his hand or even spreading them out wide in the slot, get him off the line and do some screens, that kind of thing. So they're going to feed him. Um, they're still going to have talented uh, running backs. Uh, Kendall Milton's probably one of the best running backs in football. He just can't stay healthy. He's already hurt again with a hamstring. So um, it's going to be interesting. So they're not my team. Um, but, look, I think they're going to be good. Um, I think outside of Auburn, who's on the fringe of even being a close game, uh, Tennessee is going to be the toughest test till the SEC championship game, but they just have a cakewalk schedule every year. It's just ridiculous. This point. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit their schedule real quick and then give it the G. Uh, but like you said, at Auburn week five, and before that they get South Carolina at home week three. Uh, we saw how they kind of upset Tennessee after Tennessee had already lost to Georgia last year. Don't know how much you can weigh into that. And then like you said, after that get Ole Miss at home week 10, Kentucky at home week six. Like, there's not a lot. Ole Miss will be a test, but like I said, it's at Georgia. And then that at Tennessee game, if Milton can be good, man, how fun is that game going to be, though? Especially after last year, when, like like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, South Carolina somewhat ruined Tennessee's season, but I think he looked through everything. And, man, that Georgia game, that crushed them, right? They were on their all-time high, the way they beat Bama. You know, felt like, what, what do they say, felt like 98. And then Georgia just, just – Hey, slow, slow your roll, baby. Still king of the East. So, I think this game could be such a revenge game, especially if Tennessee can uphold their end and be, you know, nine and one, ten and zero, whatever it is, how many they play. But, gee, talk to us about these dogs over in the East. Hey, man, I, it's it's hard. Y'all are a hard act to follow because y'all just y'all just obliterate everything everything we talk about. Um, I think there's a couple question marks on that offensive side for Georgia. Obviously, Stetson Bennett was there for as long as you possibly can be with the COVID years, um, and he did a fantastic job. Obviously, won two natties. So I think I think the defense is going to be as tough as it always is. It's just going to be whether they can score points and whether they can score points away. Um, they have a bunch of big tests at home, but I think y'all are both right about that Tennessee game. I think. Obviously, we're 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 talking really early. Cohey's hit that a million times. Like we don't know what Joe Milton's going to look like. We don't know what Spencer Rattler and South Carolina are going to look like when it's time for them to play. But I like Georgia to come out of the East. I think Kirby has a way of making those guys think that they are the biggest underdogs in the world when everybody else is expecting them to annihilate. So I think those game those lull games are the ones that they're going to be looking. Maybe they're toughest. Um, I hope they're not when uh, Ole Miss comes to town, but I, I, I'll see them going undefeated into the SEC East – I mean, SEC Championship and winning the SEC East. And ultimately, I think it's going to be whether they can hang with Alabama or LSU because I think that's – one of those two are going to come out of the West. So, Z, who's your second team? I'll let you take it. Uh, Georgia's my second team. 
Who's one? Alabama. Oh, Lead us yeah. off with her. Oh, yeah. Ask ask me after Z talks about those freaking. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely going. If he wouldn't have named them as his number one, now that he has one, he's got to he's got to lead us off. Yeah, yeah. Alabama's going to win the national championship. Alabama's going to be the best team in football. Um, I'm extremely confident that they will win the SEC, be back in the playoff, and ultimately be the national champion again. Um, the only problem they have, only questions and concerns they have, is obviously the quarterback position. But it's a big question to have. If Nick Saban's not worried, then I'm not worried. He's coming off smiling after press conferences, laughing at press conferences, just having a good time. Um, look, if they can throw the ball, they can throw the ball. Um, but Alabama and that Nick Saban run team is not the type of team that has to go out there and spin it 60 times to win a game when they don't have to. They're going to have three to four running backs who are going to be able to absolutely tote the rock, and their defense is going to be loaded. They'll have a top three defense in the country, and if they can't spin it 50, 60 times to win a game, they will run the ball down your throat, wear you out, and play defense like they uh, like the old Alabama before Bryce Young came in there. So – they have a little bit more weapons, I think, from top to bottom than any other team in the country. And um, as long as the quarterback can make the throws he's got to make and he, and he doesn't turn the ball over, look, if, if they don't have a Bryce Young, nobody's going to have a Bryce Young. They'll, like I said, they'll tote the rock. They'll pound, you know, they'll pound it up the middle and they'll, they'll wear you out. So um, I'm high on Alabama. I think Alabama will be the uh, SEC champion and, and be the national champion as well. Can I – interject because I do want to no, Z, I look, I get it. All right. Alabama's Alabama. But I think in today's day and age, especially with Georgia's defense being as tough as they are in the trenches, if Milrow isn't the guy and they don't have a certified guy, maybe in the time of Mark Mark Ingram and King Henry, you can pound it down somebody's throat. I just don't see them going into an SEC championship and being able to pound it down Georgia's throat the whole game. If Georgia has a good offense. Now, Georgia's not even my number one, but we can get I'm – a, I'm, a, I'm a freaking underdog on this list, baby, and I, I love it. I love it. Alabama's still in my top three. Don't get it twisted. I'm not an idiot. But – I. I'm not saying they're not going to win the national championship and they're not going to win the SEC championship, but I have to see some things on offense before I say they're going to do it. Because you can say the same thing as last year. Like, yeah, it was two plays that they that they didn't go in the playoffs because of Alabama fans were making me laugh, thinking that they deserve to be in the playoff. Yeah, you're you're the you can be the fourth best team in the nation, but you lost two games. Okay, if you're the fourth best team in the nation, you wouldn't have lost those two games. Anyways, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to the past. That's not what I do. I don't disagree with anything that you said. I just don't think that they're going to be able to pound it. Like, when they play these offenses that haven't – I mean, these defenses that haven't been together a long time, like Ole Miss obviously is going to have a transfer portal field defense. Um, and there's going to be a lot of other – thank God we're not going to be playing everybody drop back this year because we got Golding in now. But – they're going to be able to do that to some defenses, but I think running it down Mississippi State's throat, running it down Georgia's throat is going to be hard to do. And I don't shout out State no. much, but they've got a tough D-line, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be unbiased. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, it's not a terrible take. That's the way the game of football is now. Everybody's throwing the ball, and 
Um, yeah. The way you're calling plays in the new offenses, or you gotta you gotta tote you gotta spin the ball to you know score some points and win some games. But I think if it comes down to it, Nick Saban's confident enough where he can just you know go back to what got him there, which is running the football, short to medium passes, and playing defense. And right. Um, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of defenses out there that are built to stop the run on a consistent basis. Now everybody's worried about you know being able to. Um, keep the receivers in front of them and, and limit those explosive plays in the air. So um, yeah, Georgia's going to be talented on in the trenches, but don't, I mean, this is still Alabama. They're going to be extremely talented in the trenches. They're going to have, you know, highly ranked, highly recruited offensive linemen who are going to be able to control the trenches. So, um, and who's to say by the time Alabama does go play Georgia in the SEC championship that they don't have a quarterback who's confident spinning or spinning the ball, you know? So I think, as a balanced team, they're the most balanced team in football on each side of the football. We'll touch a little roll, Todd, before we move on. I want to say, as far as looking back at last and being a written-off team, and do we give them the benefit of the doubt if they're not Bama? Probably not, or maybe not as much. And I get they won by one at Texas. They won by four versus a bad A&M. They won by six on the road in Oxford. I, I get they had three close ones, but – we're forgetting they went eleven and two and lost by three and one. Yeah, I feel like two well, football games by four that are right there, and I, I get it. They they lost the games, and you can argue the Texas could have went the other way. So there's there's arguments to both sides. I think my nod here is the LSU game this year is in T town, right? That's a huge one. It always seems like it's the West Championship pretty much in recent years. Uh, man, I think the best way to say it, it's not, you know, it's not as the talent there. It's how fast can they put it together. It's, I mean, it's there, it's on the field, and they, they've got to put it together. And the queue is a big question, like Joe said. But I think when you flip that card and you got Jace McClellan, that running back, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be unreal just because he's a senior. And he's a four-year – he played all four years, no red shirt involved. Uh, I think that means a lot, especially at Alabama. You know, he's a guy who's been – the whole iron sharpens iron has been going at him for three years now. So this fourth year I think is going to be big. Uh, yeah, this year I mean, their biggest game is in T-Town. I think that means a lot. So the schedule is always a bit of a tough one because, I mean, you are in the SEC West still. So you do got those weird games uh, at start. We'll add A&M this year versus Tennessee at home and LSU at home, I think, are the two big ones, though. Right? They can – Bama's proven they can get through the test of playing at A&M, playing at start. We'll uh, – you know, versus the Arkansas tricky game. They could they've proven that year in, year out. So I think your two biggest ones are at, at home and that means a lot to me. Uh yeah, I got them at two. I just couldn't couldn't give them the nod against Georgia being the twenty nine and one in the last two years is the one that I mean that that stat number is just retarded. Like it's stupid to even say twenty nine and one, two natties. So uh, next off, I, I, I got I got one more thing on Alabama, and I, I want to ask you both this question: Is with all these question marks that Cohe talked about, we got to see this with Alabama? Do those question marks get nullified to everyone, especially people who know ball, like the two of you in front of me? Does those questions get nullified because who wears the headset, Nick Saban? Like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what kind of question marks he has because he's going to go out there with the recruits that he has, and he's going to put something together no matter what. Yeah, I think he has answered that. Like, as far as just as many guys he's gone and, you know, next man up type of deal that he's done for a decade now. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I think you almost have to kind of – I mean, Kirby, Kirby's on his way to building the same makeup. So, I'll say that. I mean, I think Dabo almost nullifies in a way. Like, it's like it's still Clemson, right? It's still Dabo Sweeney. Like, right, it's not It's not like they haven't been at the top of the ACC even on their down years. Right. Like, like last year, they literally won the ACC championship by, like, 20 points and were right in the table and they 9-0 in the ACC. So, I mean, they had some L's. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think Dabo's in that boat. I think Saban is obviously the – captain of the boat for now but right. i think that torch will get passed again like kirby is kirby is building his house and it's coming very fast that he's about to be in the same boat where which uh, he's already getting some of it being back-to-back natty like it's georgia we're, we're sitting here talking about they're reachable this year and all three of us literally said yeah probably an sc championship 12 and 0 like how reachable are we really talking about on the scale of 14, 15 game season. If you win the Natty, like we're talking about, maybe the best of the SEC gets him the second, you know, the second test. Like Tennessee is going to be a top five team, I think. So I've got, I've got a four, but I'm just saying top five to most. And we're really not even. I mean, we touched on it, Georgia at Tennessee, but even I think Kirby. You still want to see them do it on the field and stuff, hey, but Bubba, I you, think you you froze a little bit uh, when you were talking there at the end. So if you want to just no, I just all I finished up the same was froze. You literally just froze up right when you said all. Yeah, I see you were frozen now, or we're okay. good. Sorry, I was saying Kirby is on his way to building the same, not identical house, but. Let's just say he's building a house in the same neighborhood as Saban, if that makes yeah. sense. He's 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 reloading pretty much identical to how Saban was. You know, this Bennett guy, uh, let's say this Mac Jones guy, goes yeah. out. And now guess what? Another guy, Carson Beck, suddenly is taking the road. And guess what? Probably they're going to be 12 and 9. Let's be honest. I mean, that comparison is a little tough because, I mean, Mac Jones was a four-star recruit coming out of high school and – Stetson Bennett was a walk-on who went to junior college um, after he walked on. Um, I just thought Stetson won the one, and we still didn't get him the nod after they won it. Yeah, I mean, Stetson had a great football – a great career at Georgia, and he earned his way on the field, and once he got on there, he popped off. But, um, I look, Kirby's running a great show at Georgia. He's not close to Saban yet, in my opinion. I mean, Saban's built a dynasty at Alabama that's going to reign forever, most likely. And um, he won at LSU as well. So, I mean, the guy's a proven winner. And, yeah, he's had a lot of talent come in. I mean, let's not forget he had, you know, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac Jones, Bryce Young. I mean, yeah, he's had talent. But, I mean, he's, he's, I think, still, you know, a good bit away uh, out in front against Kirby. Uh, But to go on these question marks we have, it's more of like, yeah, you still want to see him do it on the field. And um, prove it to you so you can see it with your eyes. But, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Nick Saban. And I'm confident in saying, look, he's going to have some type of plan figured out um, coming into week one, especially coming into week two against Texas. He's going to know, look, we can't go out there and spin the ball 50 times so uh, downfield, so we got to create it. we got to, you know, run the ball, screens, uh, shorter passes, stuff like that. And, I mean, I think their defense is going to be good. They're going to have one of the best secondaries, especially with Kool-Aid McKinstry, who's the 
the best DB in the country. And um, they still got Dallas Turner coming back. So, um, look, they're going to be very good. And um, I'm excited to see it play out. But they will have a tough test uh, week two against Texas. But it is in it is in Tuscaloosa. They have a good home schedule this year. So, I think yeah, it kind of – This is their – yeah. I mean, Tennessee and LSU both at home, obviously, that's the – like I said, I mean, that's all you – as a Bama fan, you, you've got to have those two at home. Or you really want them at home, obviously, especially – Losing, you know, both of them, those two being your only two lost last year on the road. Nice to get a little revenge and back at home. But, yeah, I mean, I think – and I, I just want to go back and we'll get off of it after this. As far as going back to the house comparison in the neighborhood, whatever, I think Kirby's poured his slab and got his lot, right? Like, I, he's on his way, but, yes, I agree. He's a long way from living in it, retired in it, whatever you want to say Saban has done, so – I agree. I just think Georgia right now, these back-to-back, and it's only two years, sure. I mean, just unbelievable. Though. Like, 29, and the way they beat people. And like you said, they do have a favorable schedule every year. Uh, but even last year, the, you know, the Tennessee game, like it was hyped up so much, and they just – it was almost like another walk in the park. So, uh, to go to the third team. And look, at the end of the day, like, Kirby's picking who he's playing in the non-conference years out. Right. Like, Saban made the decision to – do a home and home with Texas. Kirby made the decision. Kirby made the decision to play. Do a home and home with Ball State. And Ball State. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? Like, it's that he just wants to. It's almost like he's just letting these guys get reps and just playing it safe, rather than you know, let's go play some. Fo- I mean, look, you can look at it both ways. Saban wants to put on good games and he wants to test his guys and go up against good talent. And Texas is, it does turn out Texas will be eventually in the SEC next year. But I mean, that's where it's, that's because I'm an NFL guy first above college football. And this is, it's the main reason is the ball States, the UABs, the UT Martins playing Georgia rather than NFL week one, you're getting an NFL team against an NFL team. So the just competition of footballs and it's just where I'm at on it. But that's just the main thing that kind of bothers me with Kirby Smart and Georgia is they get that nice cakewalk schedule and then um, they come into these big games and yeah, they're winning and they're winning good, but they're stupid talented and um, healthy for the most part. Cause they don't, it's not like they don't play a hard sec schedule either. So they never have to really get tested and have that kind of thought in their head. Like, damn, could we lose this game? Right. Sure, and it, it like goes said, wait, yeah, but I mean, like you said, the the health thing is huge because I mean, as these two guys up top, fans of SEC teams, you know, when you get in the mix of that little gauntlet, you're dropping probably two to three starters. I'd say when it's four weeks in a row, I mean, you can't sit here and tell me Quinn Ewers goes out against South Texas, right? He's not he's not getting hurt again. He goes out against Bama, and then it changes Texas's. But Texas wants to play big boy football. They wanted to play Bama. They were finally agreed to it. So I do agree with that. That's a that's a great point. Uh, like say, saving picking Texas years out, he he knows they're going to be at least it's going to be a nationwide big time game. I mean, there's two brands of football right there. So why can't Georgia pick Michigan in four years? You know, so that's a good point. I do want I, GP. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's not act like Alabama hasn't called and gotten a home series with Presbyterian for five years in a row. Like, oh, well, yeah, they're not going to go 
It's not. It's not. Michigan Davis just calling all the powerhouses to play in the preseason. I think that just be that just happens to be one that they got a lot of money for because it's two, uh, probably the two biggest football programs in the nation, maybe besides LSU. And obviously, yeah, you want to challenge your guys, but I mean, especially for Kirby being so early, like compared to Saban, he's very early on in his tenure at Georgia as long as Saban's been at Alabama. I just think right now he's trying to build the confidence of that dynasty to where when he's like, okay, I, now I do this every year, maybe he starts doing it. But also he's not going to have a choice pretty soon because I, I assume that Texas will be in the East and I assume they'll add some more to the East. Um, but, yeah. So I, I agree. Like I'm not saying that Saban doesn't challenge his guys. Absolutely he does, but – They've also played Presbyterian, like they played Presbyterian like three years ago. I mean, right. yeah. I, I mean, because... yeah. I mean, twenty eighteen they opened with Louisville. Twenty nineteen they opened with Duke. All right, Z, you're in the same boat as me. I went farther back. Yeah, I, mean, I only did this because I thought I remembered it. Fourteen West Virginia, fifteen Wisconsin, sixteen USC. Yeah, I mean they're going out here and playing these games right off the rip when Georgia's playing, you know, Chat State. UT Martin and Middle Tennessee and like I don't know I see I see twenty twenty they didn't open up with them but or yeah they did I mean twenty oh twenty twenty was COVID so it was all yeah or yeah twenty twenty one they opened with Miami. He's definitely done it since. Like and they destroyed years. them. Miami. When is my? When's the last time Miami was yeah, good? But Miami's a brand a name. Yeah. So we're so we're are we talking about challenging them? or Are we talking about a big name? I mean, I mean, four, every two, year, three. every year, as, as far as I've gone back and since twenty, since let's go back like to Louisville. Is that really a, is that really a test? Unless Lamar Jackson's behind center in the last ten years since for SEC team. Since 2008, they've opened with at least a comparable non-conference team or somebody in the ACC. Because they were doing, for that longest period of time, they were doing the SEC-ACC Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Right. In the Georgia yes, Ole Miss played in that against Florida State. So they've always, they've always had that SEC-ACC game lined up. Right. When Georgia's lining up with, fuck, with mid-majors. Fired up. I like it. I, I didn't realize. Look, does, does, I don't even remember an SEC East team ever being in the Chick fil A Bowl in the Chick fil A kickoff game. Has there ever been an SEC? Yes, All right. So, what's the call on Georgia? We're not calling out Tennessee or we're not calling out. Tennessee's not winning back to back natties. Exactly. This is the first year. So, you're talking about saving scheduling those games years ahead. This is he just finished winning his second one. Maybe he has scheduled him a big home home and home series with somebody. When did when did Kirby get the get the job at Georgia? 18? 17? Yeah, I was gonna say 16. I might be too early. Has it been that long already? No yeah. way. I'll Bro. start it. I'll start 17. 2017, they hey, opened but- up with App State. App State, that's just as comparable as an opening home game and then Louisville. App State upsets people every year. Dude, don't shake your head at me. Don't 2018. Shake. 
2018, Austin P. When did when did Saban schedule these Texas games? I promise it was four to five years ahead. These schedules are already made for next year. They already know who they're playing next 2019. year. 2019. And three years Murray from State. now. These fucking <laughs> dude. All I'm saying is, 2021 that, they opened with Clemson. There you go. And that was the that was the ten three game that was so hyped up that ended up sucking. Oh my gosh, Clemson's more notable than any other team that you've said Alabama's played. If you're scheduling advance, you do USC and Texas. I think those. He's got to – Kirby eventually has to pull out a Michigan, a USC, a Texas. It has to be a brand of football. Clemson's not a brand of football? It is. I'm yes, saying that's a win. Now that, uh, he's done USC, Wisconsin's a big brand. Texas is a big brand. Miami, like you said, may not be a test, yeah. but it's one of the biggest brands in football. I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to act like y'all earlier said West Virginia, too. Schedule West, West Virginia like 2014, 15. West Virginia. West Virginia was good, dude. Bro, that whatever that guy's name is, highlight tape. What the hell have they had since that guy? And Will yeah, Mock. That was that, huh? And Will, Florida's transfer quarterback who had one good season there. Whatever you you guys no, can West have Virginia it. Had, West Virginia had this uh, big, tall, white quarterback. Can't remember his damn name, but he had always had concussions, but he could sling it. And he he was on that <laughs> team. He was so good too. All right. Well, y'all can have it two to one. Let's. Jump to my number one. Yeah, let's keep G fired up. He's going his dark horse LSU. Come on, Give let me tell you. Let me, let me, let me, let me let you in on a little. What secret. happens on SEC Pod Week? Baby. Number three, number three, Bama. Too many question marks for me. Number two, Georgia. Number one, and I freaking love them. LSU, baby, go Tigers! I freaking yeah, love. I love Jaden Daniels, and I love Brian Kelly, and me and Bubba said it last year about the third week, or it was the week when Alabama got beat by LSU. We said we know ball because we said Brian Kelly was going to do something special. After he dropped that first game at Florida State, I was worried. I said, I don't know. I don't know if this was the right move. That was too premature. He gets in, he gets his, he gets settled, and he wins the SEC West in his first year in the SEC. Now we're going year two. He's got an experienced quarterback behind center. My personal pick for the Heisman. And uh, I think – I'm not saying they're going to absolutely pull it out. I think the safe picks are Georgia and Alabama. But I love a good dark horse, so I'm going with the LSU Tigers, baby. I think that that defense, especially the DB room, is a revolving door of first-round talent. And I think if you want to be a defensive back, me and Bubba have said it since we were in middle school, if you want to be a defensive back, there's no better helmet to put on than that yellow gold helmet with the purple LSU on it with that little tiger in the middle. So I'm I'm excited to watch LSU. I think they're going to be a really exciting team. And Jaden Daniels with a year of SEC West football under his belt, it's going to be fun. So, Z, tell me why I'm wrong. Um, I'm not really – I'm not nearly as high on LSU as Joe is, obviously, from um, – the SEC is going to be ran by Alabama, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not – look, Brian Kelly's a great coach, and I'm a believer in Brian Kelly, and he can coach some football. Um, he can coach any type of player at any team. I'm not big on Jaden Daniels. Um, 
be honest with you, I don't think he's a great quarterback. Amateur. Um, amateur hour. And I also think him being first-team SEC is a stretch, in my opinion. Um, Who's it going to be, Milrow? All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, he's – Jane Daniels is preseason first-team All-American. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> if I was going to put – if I made it and my first-team quarterback would either be – I'd probably lean KJ Jefferson just based off what he's done. Um, Stop. Just based off what he's done with look, the SEC's a weak, it's a weak quarterback uh conference this year with I a agree. lot of unproven. I agree, I agree. But KJ, KJ Jefferson, Jefferson over Jane Daniels, he just proven. won the SEC West. Um, I'm just not a big believer in Jane Daniels. I think when it comes down to big time games, he's not a big time player. I think he struggles with accuracy on uh medium level throws. Um, and I think he's a little bit injury prone he likes to get outside the pocket but he doesn't like to stay in the pocket move up in the pocket and that's something you got to be able to do within a brian kelly offense um i'd even put joe milton and uh will rogers right there on the edge to be uh first team sec will rogers is the best one of the best throwing quarterbacks in the sec arm talent wise outside of joe milton um i'm just not big on jane daniels i'm not big on lsu um they're my fourth team they're my fourth team LSU is my three. All right, they're my top three. I think I gave the nod. I had, like I said, I had to go one to the dogs. I mean, the rest there, whatever. I give them the nod. Uh, I gave Bama the nod with LSU game being in T Town. Let's talk LSU. And the thing that bounces really off the paper to me last year, four L's, right? The fluke, Florida State, whatever the, you know, you call it whatever you want. The other ones lose to Tennessee by 27. At home, lose to a bad A and M team by fifteen at A and M, and then lose by twenty to Georgia. Sure, great football team, whatever. So, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say they were lucky to win the West because they beat Bama, right? But I mean, Bama doesn't lose that game at Tennessee. That little A and M slip up kind of cost them more than they like. Uh, this year, they play as I said at Bama. They have to go to both Mississippi schools. Uh, I don't think any SEC team likes to do that. Not just saying it because I'm a state fan. I'm just saying if you catch Ole Miss at State and Arkansas are all kind of that team that no one really just loves to play. Uh, you don't really gain that much from beating them usually, but you kind of got a lot to lose when you do lose to them, I feel like. So, uh, I don't know. Just a tough little tricky schedule. It's week three in Starkville, week five in Oxford, and then week nine in Bama. So, some in-between rest time there, but – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Jaden Daniels. I think he's a good, respectable quarterback. I don't know if he's in the SEC. I don't really know. Kind of like Z said, there's not a lot of establishment there. Uh, the big dogs got a lot of question marks, right? Bama, Georgia, Tennessee all got question marks. So, uh, even though they have their guys, as far as Joe Milton and uh, Carson Beck and whoever we think Bama is going to be, no real established guys there, all kind of second-string backup guys, whatever. So, yeah, I got LSU. Uh, I think it can go either way, them or Tennessee, my three or four. Who wants to lead off Tennessee? I'm assuming that's yeah. everybody. No, I'll go Tennessee. Tennessee's my number three. Um, look, I may be buying into the Joe Milton hype a little bit, but just what I've seen him do when he came in last year and then what he's just shown on some videos and stuff you've seen on social media in the offseason, look, this dude has probably – the best throwing ball, best throwing arm, and the best deep ball we may have ever seen in college football. I mean, this guy can absolutely sling the rock. He's big. 
Um, he's big, tall. He, he looks the part. He's got all the um, he's got all the intangibles, that kind of thing. Look, he he didn't do it great at uh, Michigan, but look, this is a totally different type of offense um, than he was running at Michigan. And um, look, they've got talent all over the foot, all over the field. Um, you got Brew McCoy at wide receiver, who's a second team All American. Um, and you got a good. Obviously, they're going to have good players on defense, just because. Look, it's the SEC. You're always going to have players like that. But um, I think. And they got a good O-line. They're going to be big. They're going to be better in the trenches. I think they're going to be able to protect Joe Milton better um, this year. And he's also a quarterback that can get outside the pocket more than they've had in the past. Um, look, I'm just I'm, – I'm higher on Tennessee overall, um, especially at the quarterback position, than LSU. I think Joe Milton could be a Heisman kind of guy. And um, that's kind of what – Makes me lean Tennessee over LSU. Yeah, and I'm, I think we can get the nod either way. Honestly, I think these top four, we, you know, we're fantasizing about Georgia being not number one. I think we all are kind of doing it. So the Bama, LSU, Tennessee, you know, last year they kind of beat up on each other, right? So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird, and the big question is Milton. So I mean, that's kind of why I went. LSU not over there. I kind of got a reasoning, two, three, four. Like I said, Bama catches LSU at home. Uh, LSU kind of having the more established at the quarterback position. Tennessee just trying to replace a guy like Hendon Hooker is never fun. So, yeah, they're my four. That's uh, I don't really have a whole lot on them. I, I got to see what Milton does. You know, that's the big one. Heifel's been unbelievable since he's got there. I do want to say that. If you're a Tennessee fan, man, you got to be happy. Chief, you got anything on the big orange? No, they're my four. I think it's it's crazy. I mean, I know we talk about being homers all the time, but we're talking about four teams that have a real potential to end the year in the top ten, I think. And it's we like it's hard to even pick three. And we're talking about all in the same conference. Every other conference has been like a top two, and then there's a gap, and then it's the rest of them. But and yeah, I, I, I think I think there's a strong case you can say that Bama and Georgia are in their own. And then everybody else is behind them. But I think the gap is much closer in the SEC. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. You saying top ten. So if this is all going into next year, yeah, I think you can argue all four of these teams make the playoff when it goes to twelve. I really do. I mean, they're all probably gonna have losses to each other in there. Uh, and that's probably gonna be about it. So that's all I got on the SEC. G, do we wanna do we wanna hammer a little homer here at the end for the people? Absolutely, I do. You want to start or you want me to start? I can go. It's it's going to be short and sweet, um, especially in the transfer portal day and age, and especially with how hard Lane Kiffin's hit the portal. Because um, defense, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really seen anything, and I'm not one to go in and look at like a, a player's highlights while they were at ball state or wherever they were before. Um, just because it's going to be completely different competition than, the, than what they see in the sec West. So I think that the defense is a big question mark, but I'm excited uh, obviously with the new hire and golding to see what our defense can do. I think they're, they'll be tougher and it, it won't be so hard to watch um, our whole defense dropped back and then the team running it right up the middle and 
getting the easy first down. So I'm excited for that. I think our offense returns a lot of experience. I think we're – I've got a few question marks on the wide receiver end. But the backfield with Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Jenkins, I, I have a lot of confidence in them. And I think that they'll be able to show up in big games because of the experience. I think Judkins can show up in any game, even last year. He was that dominant of a running back. And you don't really see that in today's day and age, kind of what me and Z were talking about earlier. Like, if you have a good running back and a good quarterback in the backfield, the offensive strategy is endless just because if if you're not able to pass, they're dropping back, you can hand it off, especially to a caliber running back like Judkins. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what we do. And then – you add in Lane Kiffin's offensive mind to that, I think it's going to cause chaos for a lot of people. Um, it's just going to be how many times are we going to go for it on fourth down and how many stops can we get throughout the game because I think our offense is going to be able to shoot out with anybody. I really do. But it's just going to be a, a question of whether we can stop somebody from scoring. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'm sure that you have a lot of optimism as well with uh, the coaching change and uh, a kind of a scheme change. So I, I think it'll be a fun year for, for both sides of Mississippi fan bases, but I don't think there's anything crazy to expect, which opening day, I'll be expecting it. I mean, obviously, if you give me two wins, I'll think, well, we, we should go undefeated the rest of the season. That's just how college football fans are. But I'm super excited to get it started, and I'm very optimistic. I, I, I'm, I've always been an optimistic fan, so – I'm going to look on the bright side for the old Rebs. Yeah, and I, I'm in the same boat as far as when it comes to that. Very optimistic State fan. Might get very pissed off during games, <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I'm going to try to keep it as short as Joe did. I think this year is – and State's a blue-collar team. A lot of disrespect every year. Doesn't really bother me. They're not a national team. I get it. Whatever. Uh, over under at six this year in my mind is unbelievable. Eight and four last year, nine and four with the ball win. Beat a good Illinois tough defense. Didn't flash a lot of offense. Sure, lose Mike Leach. Uh, rest in peace to a legend. Zach Arnett, defense coordinator, comes up. Fiery, young coach, players coach in my mind. A football guy, which is so cliche to say, but if you watch any interview stuff like that, the man straight up is like, I don't know my scheme, right? I find my best 11 players. That's who we're going out. We're hitting people in the mouth. Wants to get back to that Mississippi State football where we get guys from the Delta, get guys from Mississippi, back to that defense Joe G was talking about, you know, stop the run, physical force. Uh, had a great quote from Media Day saying, you know, you play Mississippi State defense, we want to go back to, you know, pack a lunch and have a hard hat. That's what it used to be, just a hard-nosed, Let's hope State scores 20 points and let's hit people in the mouth. So, flip side, the only difference from a nitty-gritty defense, I think, now is, like he talked about, we have Will Rogers, he's one of the most proven quarterbacks in the entire country, whether you like it or not, whether it was he threw 40 checkdowns a game, whether the completions were set up for him. He's a 10,000-yard passer, four-year starter coming back, or for his fourth year. You don't ever see it in the SEC at the quarterback position. You lose Dylan Johnson, who split reps with Woody Marks in running back spot. He's back. Uh, receiver Justin Robinson turned up towards the end of the year. He's a transfer in from Georgia. Like, the pieces are there. Five starting the linemen back. You rarely hear of that. The defense is the defense, like we've talked about. Cornerback year in after year out, going first, second round. 
D-line's back. Probably going to be a four-man front this year, I think, after looking at stuff. Uh, and then as far as the schedule goes, LSU and Bama are the only two you're writing off. I mean, people talk about, you know, Arkansas is going to be better this year. a and going to be better this year. Ole Miss is the Egg Bowl toss-up. I get all those things, and we went 3-0 and against those teams last year, beat Auburn last year, who's going to be a lot better. Uh, but kind of had their number recently, and I get their change and stuff. But I, I hear it a lot on other pods I listen to, and I'll reiterate it here just in case you haven't heard it. A lot of teams, it seems like, are getting the benefit of the doubt. And the only benefit of the doubt we need is new coach and new scheme, and they're just not getting it. And it's fine. It's Mississippi State. Used to it. Uh, it'll honestly be an easier bet to hit, in my opinion. I don't think there's a world we go worse than seven and five. And I'll, I'll keep it. My hopes, I'll say, are eight and four on this pod. In my mind, obviously, I've pictured other things happening. Uh, biggest test in my mind is game four at South Carolina. Very winnable on the road, real test. See if the coaches can go over there. Uh, Kevin Barbet, offensive coordinator, getting a little bit closer to App State, see if he can bring some magic and. I think that's the biggest game of the year for State at South Carolina. That's all I got. I'm ready. Jeffy, Z-Dog, anything else? Are we going to wrap this baby up? No, no. I agree with both your guys' points. I'm not really got anything else on the SEC. I think we hammered it pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the one main point I want to make about the SEC this year – that's uh, different than most years in the past is just the um, maybe not necessarily it's a weaker quarterback conference than we've seen in the past. It's which I think it is to a degree, but I think it's a lot more of a unproven quarterback class that you're going to see out there in the SEC. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see what these kids can do, um, see what these teams turn out to be. Maybe some teams um, live up to that height. Uh, maybe some teams aren't as good as everybody thought they were. And then maybe you have a couple of sleeper teams who, you know, jump up there and they're undefeated, undefeated when it gets, you know, halfway through the year and you never know what can happen. Yeah. And I want to add, this is just countrywide. How crazy is it that we have question marks at Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, Ohio state, all the same year. Like you said, they always, obviously they all have them like their guys leave, but to all four or four, Top 10 teams, you can argue. That's just – it's wild that it lined up all together. Yeah, it would be fun. Clemson a little bit. Clemson a little bit too. I mean, they had – Yeah, yeah. Young quarterback, you know, hadn't played – hadn't had a lot of game time. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. UCLA, you don't know what you're going to get after DTR. So, there's a lot of question marks, especially at quarterback. A lot more than um, we've seemed to had in the past. I do want to leave y'all with a little question. Next week's going to be tough. Week zero preview. Not not a lot not a lot there on the plate. Uh, we're going to do our best. I've been seeing it. I've been thinking about it. It's hard for me to really break it down. Top three players in college football of all time that you wish would have went to your school. Personal opinion, obviously, talent opinion, but I say we just hit a little week zero and then maybe wrap up the end of the week next week with that. But this is a week long. I can't shoot this question to y'all Monday. Yeah. Because we're going to, we're going to need time. Also, what do y'all got next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. Yeah. Boss man taking me on fishing trip with salesman leaving Wednesday morning. Need to pod Tuesday. If I can. I'm sure. Yeah. That's fine. I'm sure. I can make it work. All right. There you go, folks. Just got to hear a little behind uh, the scenes schedule. 
<laughs> Z, also, before we let these folks go on their ride or mowing their lawn or on their run, whatever they're doing while they're listening to this, we don't have to break it down. I just want to know your picks. Mm-hmm. UFC 292. It's just, guys, uh, me and Z want to Yeah. Just the main just card. main card? Yeah. Obviously, guys, me and Z, we want to break down all this, but it's a, it's a busy time right now. And it's it's almost ten o'clock his time, nine o'clock my time. So we're just going to give you our picks, and we'll give them um, to you on Twitter as well. When you if in case yeah, I we'll obviously have them on Twitter. Um, if you've been following uh, the Ultimate Fighter, those two fights are going to be on the prelim, so that'll be pretty cool to watch. If, if you want to uh, pick, hey, if you want to give your winners for that, go ahead too. Okay, yeah. So Brad Katona and Cody Gibson, I'll go Brad Katona, and then Austin Hubbard and Kurt Hollibaugh, I'll go Kurt Hollibaugh. Um, Dennis Tia Lewin against Gregory Rodriguez. I'm going to go uh, Rodriguez. Robo Chris Cop. Weidman against... Huh? That's uh, Rodriguez's nickname, RoboCop. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, <laughs> Weidman versus Brad Tavares. Um, I'm going to go Chris Weidman. I love Brad Tavares, but I think it's a good – it sets up for a good fight for uh, Weidman. And um, he has a plus 220 on the, on the line, but – Look, it's the UFC. You never know what can happen. Uh, Marlon Vera versus uh, Pedro. I'm going to go Vera. Um, I'm going to go DeMond Blackshear over Mario Bautista. Um, this fight's interesting because Ian Gary is a minus 490 favorite. He's undefeated. He's this, you know, next Ireland kind of superstar kid. I love him, so I'm going to go Ian Gary. But he did call Neil out. He wasn't supposed to fight Neil. It's kind of, you know, a last-minute fight change there. And Neil obviously wanted the fight to kind of shut him up. So um, I think the odds are very skewed there just because it's late notice, but I'm yeah. still going to go Ian Gary. Um, obviously going to rock with the champion, uh, Zhang Weili. Yeah. And then um, obviously I'm going to go with my boy. Come on, The baby. Sugar Show. Come on, baby. Sugar Show O'Malley. Um, knockout early. Sugar mm-hmm. Show. I like that. Can we talk odds? Can we talk odds here? You got any odds on that? On the knockout? Yeah, you look at that and we'll let G do a little talking. If that's all right, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. hit these because me and Z won't break down all of them. We'll break down the main event. How about that, Z? Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Okay. So, Brad Katona, Cody Gibson getting on the on the tough train. I think Brad Katona is the better fighter. Um, but me and Z talked about this a lot. This is a really weird scenario because – a lot of these guys that are fighting that are on the ultimate fighter are like 10 and two fighters that were on in the UFC. Like they're all super tough. So they'll belong where they are in the UFC octagon. Um, I like Brad Catone in that one. I like Kurt Hollibaugh as well. I think Austin Hubbard is just, he tries to lull you to sleep and Kurt Hollibaugh is going to bring the violence. I like Rodriguez RoboCop as well. Um, I, I want Weidman to win, but I think his inactivity is gonna it's gonna be tough for him in the octagon. I know he's at home there, um, but I think that we've all had an injury before, probably playing a sport, and it's it's hard to get back in it the first time um, because you can take as many practice reps as you want, you can kick as many people in shin pads as you want, but once it's shin on shin in the in the octagon, it's a lot different. For those who don't know. Chris Weidman broke his leg in half in his last fight a couple years ago. So um, I I love Chris Weidman. 
Uh, obviously, the first guy to beat Anderson Silva in the UFC. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Tavares. I think he's a dangerous fight for him. I haven't talked about this a ton, but Cheeto Vera is probably besides McGregor, he's probably my favorite fighter. And I know me and Z will probably the only time we ever really are on opposite sides of a UFC fight is if Cheeto and Sugar have a rematch. And it, I mean, I'm not gonna be mad if Sugar wins because obviously you gotta like him. Um, but I love Cheeto, so I hope he pulls it out. I think he will. I think it's gonna be a knockout. Um, I like Batista in the bantamweight bout just because Blackshear's coming in on on short notice. And flyweights or bantamweights or bantamweights, like it's kind of hard to to be too big unless you are Sugar Sean or Aljo and they're fighting the main. So Ian Gary and Neil Magny, Z hit this one good as well. I think people take for granted short notice fights because the person who's taking the short notice fight, like, yeah, I don't care if it's short notice. They're also taking a short notice fight. So it's not just Neil Magny that's going in with questions to be answered because Ian Gary's been training for a stocky guy and the old Magny is really lanky and he likes to work against the fence with the clinch. I still like uh, Gary though. I think he'll finish it. He's super technical. And then Lemos is dangerous, but I think Wei Lee is just different. Her, her last fight against Carlos Barza, she really proved it. And then I told Z this earlier, if all Joe gets it to the ground early and he gets him in a body lock, and he gets mount. I think it's going to be an unfortunate night for Sugar, but my heart is with Sugar Sean, and I hope he finishes it early because there's not many more exciting fighters right now than him because he wants to keep it up and he wants to chin you. So I think it'll be fun if he can if he can defend those early takedowns, and Aljo starts to wane a little bit. It's going to be harder for him to get the takedowns, and then Aljo's funky enough where he's going to have enough confidence to be like, okay, let me just try to stand with this guy. And I think if he does that. Sean will knock him out. So, couldn't anything agree more. you got, Z? Give, no. give, give Kohe those odds, and then. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said about Sugar. Uh, but yeah, so the odds, um, straight up, just uh, money line on the winner. Uh, Sugar, depending on the book, it's anywhere from like plus one ninety to plus two ten, mm-hmm. and then for him to win by knockout or TK, TKO is anywhere depending on the book plus three thirty to plus three fifty three sixty. So it just depends. Um, How about first round knockout? Is that on there? Um, I want them to ride with you, Z. I want them no, to. No, I don't see you. first round knockouts not out yet. But for okay. the end of the knockouts, plus one seventy five, and um, how's the other guy? For it to for it to be a first round knockout and and go and finish in the first round, it's so you could do it if you think Sean's going to win. Um, by knockout on the first, it's um, under half a round is plus 700. Oh, so get out of the first <laughs> round, plus 700. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think two and a half is interesting still at like plus 110. Right. But I'm excited. I can't wait to see him. So. Yeah, I think – and it's been like Sugar – is really active and it's been since last October since he's fought. So yeah. I think the people have been just absolutely fiending for him to get back in the octagon. I think it's going to be super fun. I can't wait to watch the press conference tomorrow. Once we hang this up before I go to bed, I'm going to watch media day. And when, when you get a pay-per-view like this, 
first of all, I just want to shout out the UFC. Obviously, nobody from there is going to be watching this, but the UFC has put together some of the best cards this year. Like, I think the last four or five cards, me and Z have said, this could be the card of the year. And there was a canceled fight on this um, card that would have made it even better. So, and and it's Z's boy, Cody Garbrandt. His opponent got hurt. Um, So, it's just, the UFC has been doing a great job of matchmaking. I think they're being smart because they're just trying to put who the fans like in the main events. They couldn't even – Drickus Duplicis wasn't going to fight Izzy in Sydney, so they found another opponent to throw out. Like, you got to put Izzy in Sydney because that's right near next to his house. So, uh, man, I'm excited. I think if this one's going to be great, and the ones coming up are going to be great. Obviously, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev again in October. I think Volk and Izzy are trying to fight on that Sydney card. Man, it's just – we're about to have the – Holloway and the Korean zombie fight on a fight night in South Korea. Like they're just putting yeah. stuff together, man. It's, yeah, it's they really awesome are. as thing. a fan. Yeah. So that's all I got though, guys. I just wanted to yeah. hit that real quick. Oh yeah. I love it. Send all us right. home. Please. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the pod. Uh, tell your friend's mom to listen to the pod. Um, Turn it up, man. Get ready for some football. For every, all the UFC fans out there, get ready for the Sugar Show. We're, we're diving in. We're diving in. So, you know, get you know, get those ears open wide. Pop those headphones in. Turn that volume up in the car. And let these voices just fire you up. <laughs> Nothing better than a Z closing. We'll catch yeah. you on the next one. All right, guys. See y'all. All right, peace.